The World Tomorrow. Herbert W. Armstrong brings you the plain truth about today's world news and the prophecies of the world tomorrow. There is a song that many people sing, Whosoever will may come. Have you ever seen that in the Bible? Well, it's there, but it's over. It's just four verses from the last verse in the whole Bible in the 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation, and it is a time after the millennium and after the time or at the time I'm going to be talking to you about this afternoon. That's a different time. Whosoever will cannot come now. Now it was on the last day of the festival while Christ was on earth and he was keeping these feast days. He was setting us an example and we're following in his steps. And in the seventh chapter of John, you'll find it is said here, in the last day, that great day of the feast, and that is today. This is that great day today. Jesus stood up and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. If we turn back a page or two in your Bible to John, the uh, sixth chapter in verse 44, Jesus also said, no man can come to me. Now get that. No man can. He simply can't come to Christ except the Father which has sent me draw him. Now, is there a contradiction? Not at all. Because Jesus had said, if any man thirst. I tell you, people are not going to thirst for the Holy Spirit. I didn't finish reading that, but this he spoke uh, when he said, come to me and drink. This he spake of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet at that time given. None of them had the Holy Spirit yet at that time, except, no, I don't believe even, no, even, not even the apostles. It was not given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But now, no one can thirst for God's Holy Spirit unless God has called you. They simply can't. The people that God has not called are not being judged. The greatest error, as I say, is thinking that everybody is automatically lost if you don't get saved. The people God has not called are neither lost nor saved. They are just not yet judged. Now, in the church, I want to call your attention to something. It's back here in 1 Peter, the fourth chapter and the 17th verse. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. We, brethren, we in, in the house of God are being judged. Now, you're being judged every day. Well, now, God cut off the world except those he called. Do you see what that means? That means that those that are not called have not had a chance. Therefore, the responsibility is not theirs. God isn't holding them accountable for the fact he didn't call them. God is the one who is responsible. 
Now that doesn't mean God is guilty. It just means the responsibility is hidden. He's going to acquit, he's going to acquit quit himself of that responsibility. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about this afternoon. Only those that have had God's Holy Spirit will be resurrected to be in the thousand-year reign with Christ. Now, the kingdom will be reigning over all of the people on the earth for the thousand years. But now we get to the billions of people that have lived and died and God never called them. And it isn't their fault. You see, God decided that because of what Adam did long before they were born. And so it was not their fault. It is God's responsibility. He's not holding them responsible for it. And God has to see to it. God has to take care of that situation because God is no respecter of persons. He's not going to be unfair to anybody. There are billions. What about all of ancient Israel? They were not given salvation. What about them? They're not going to be in the kingdom of God. Only those that have had God's Holy Spirit will be resurrected to be in the thousand year reign with Christ. But now we read of that thousand years in the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation. The fourth verse shows how many of us will be sitting on thrones ruling for the thousand years. But come down to verse 11. And I saw a great white throne. White is the color of perfection and purity. And it's a throne before which people are going to be judged. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. A resurrection of people that have been dead standing before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Therefore, some are going to have a chance of gaining eternal life because many of their names will be written in this book of life. And every one of them will then be called. This is a resurrection of all of the billions upon billions of people that have lived and have never been called and have never had a chance. And now they're going to be called. Let me tell you, no church on earth will teach you this. They don't know these things. This is the, is, is the knowledge and the wisdom of the eternal God. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, which means that some will be given immortal life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. There will be a judgment in that great white throne. That will be the resurrection of everybody from Adam and Eve on to now that was not called. Now some few have been called and have rejected the call. Adam was. He had every chance in the world. God called him. God talked to him. But he turned it down. I don't know how many have been called and turned it down. I hope not many. But I don't know that. And neither do you. But I do know this, that most of them were not called, and all of those who were not called will come up in this great white throne resurrection. And they're going to come back into mortal life, flesh and blood, 
not immortal, no salvation, but they will then be called and given the opportunity of salvation, and there will not be any devil there then. Now, the devil will be released after the thousand years for a short time, then he's put away again before this judgment. And the devil will not be there at the time of this judgment. So, we see then, uh, and the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and the grave delivered up uh, the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to his works. Now, that's going to be. Now then, what about the uh, ancient Israel of the Old Testament? As I say, they were called by God in a way. They were given His law. They were under God's prophets, but they were not given His Holy Spirit or any chance of salvation. Now we turn back to the 37th chapter of Ezekiel. And here is this chapter of the Valley of Dry Bones. Verse 1 Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Eternal was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Eternal, and set me down in the midst of a valley which is full of, of bones. Now, in other words, that means that he's in a vision. By the spirit, he's been taken, where in, in this vision he sees a valley of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Skeletons and bones are, uh, they're, they're they've been dead a long, long time, and they're all dry now. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord eternal, thou knowest. And uh, actually, Ezekiel was just a prophet, and he, he didn't know this was being given to him now in the vision. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Eternal. Thus says the Eternal God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live, you skeletons full of dry bones, you're going to come back to a life in a resurrection. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and will cover you with skin, and will put breath in you. Now, that's the kind of breath that we breathe. That's, that's not the uh, immortality uh, of self-containing life by the Spirit of God. This is breath uh, that uh, oxidizes the blood with a heartbeat in people. And you shall live, and shall know that I am the Eternal. They didn't know it. They never did really know who the Eternal was during their lifetime. They didn't get to really know him. They just knew about him. But they didn't really know him, and they didn't really believe him. But now they're going to, in this resurrection. So, I prophesied as I was commanded, and lo, as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, or like an earthquake. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them yet. So they couldn't live without that. Now, when a baby is born, it usually there's no breath in it. And uh, did you ever notice how they... 
give it a little slap on the back or on uh, on his little bottom or something, and it began to yeah right away. And uh, well, I've seen three of my four children born, and I know how it is, and I, I can still remember. Then said he unto me, Prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus says the Lord Eternal, Come forth, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live the breath of life. This is mortal life, physical life, made out of matter. So I prophesied as he had commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. It'll be billions and billions of people. All of ancient Israel. And not only that, all of ancient China and Japan and India and of Indonesia and even of Russia and nations like that. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. That tells us what the, what it means. You know, I went into Angelus Temple one time. Now, now this is, oh, this, this is pretty close to 50 years ago. Uh, I'm sure it's more than 45 years ago. To hear the so-called Amy Semple McPherson. And she had one of her illustrated sermons that night. And, uh, of course, in her Angelus Temple in Los Angeles, she has a stage like any theater. And uh, it, it was an illustrated sermon on this very chapter. And there you could see cutouts of paper with a lot of bones all on the stage. Then the curtains were drawn, and then the bones began to cut, and, and then people got in and began to rise up on their feet. It was all illustrated. She says, what are all of these bones? What are they? She said, I'll tell you what they are. They're all the other churches. They're dry, and they haven't got any life. But the four-square gospel has got all the life. We are the ones. Well, now, that's not exactly what God says here. He said, and to me, these, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. You know, Israel played the harlot. They were worse than any harlot. As God says in one place, a harlot charges uh, money for her service. But you have been the wife of God, and you have even paid your male paramours instead of charging them. And whoever heard of a harlot paying money for men to come to her? That's how rotten Israel was. And they, they think that their bones are dried, that they were lost. Well, God didn't offer them salvation, brethren. He did not offer them the Holy Spirit. He offered them His law, His spiritual law. Now, He also offered them a separate uh, law of sacrifices of animals. Merely a, a, a sort of substitute for the blood of Christ but the blood of animals cannot forgive sin. And so it was only a reminder of sin, but not a forgiveness of sin. And so they couldn't have God's Holy Spirit. 
Then he gave them also a law of rituals, ceremonial law. It was also physical things to do, of meat and drink offerings and things to do carnal ordinances, things to do morning, noon, and night, merely to establish the habit of obedience in them, a, a substitute for the Holy Spirit which had not been given to them. Then, because they were a government and a nation, he gave them another kind of law, statutes and judgments to rule the nation. Now, uh, we're not in that nation today, but really those laws were not done away in the statutes and judgments. If, 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 if our government and the United States, for instance, would use those as its national law, we'd be a lot better off than we are. But we are commanded, of course, to be subject to the government that we're under, and that's the way that is today. Therefore, prophesy unto them, and as thus says the Lord Eternal, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, this is all ancient Israel, and cause you to come up out of your graves, and will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Eternal. They didn't really know that before. They knew about him, but they didn't really get it. And when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my Spirit into you, then he will give them the Holy Spirit. Now first they're going to get breath. That's mortal life. Then he's going to put his Holy Spirit into them. And you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Eternal, have spoken it and have performed it, says the Eternal. What a wonderful thing. Look how wonderful is the way of God. He has decreed that the world should be cut off from him because Adam uh, made that decision for him and his descendants. And we're all the children of Adam, everyone who has ever lived since Adam and Eve. And God has decreed that 6,000 years go by with human beings writing the lesson because he knew they would be swayed by Satan and go the way of Satan. We've been going the way of get. We've been going the way of self-centeredness. We've been going the way of vanity, lust, and greed. We've been going the way of envy and jealousy. We've been going the way of competition and strife and rebellion against God and against authority. That's the way the world has been going. And that's the way ancient Israel went. And God has wanted it to be written in human suffering and in human uh, sorrow and anguish and pain to show that that way, which is the way that this Lucifer turned to and the way Adam then turned to, is a wrong way. And that love and outgoing concern is the only way that can give you happiness and can lead to eternal life. God will not give humans eternal life except in happiness and in glory. You ever think of that? And that's, that's the way it is. It's not only just Israel. The same thing applies to other nations. If you'll notice now in Matthew, the uh, uh, 12th chapter, where Jesus was speaking, and verses 41 and 42, the men of uh, Nineveh 
shall rise in judgment. Now that's in this great white throne judgment. The men of ancient Nineveh. You know, uh, God sent uh, uh, oh, the man that swallowed the whale, you know, uh, uh, Jonah, to warn Nineveh. And Nineveh was spared because they heeded the warning. But Israel wouldn't. But the people of Nineveh were Gentiles. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation, Jesus said. That's the generation living at the time he was on earth. And shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. But it didn't give them any salvation. It just saved them physically from destruction at the time. They repented and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Christ is greater than Jonah. But they didn't believe him. Now he says the queen of the south, or uh, the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation. You see, they're all going to rise in the generation. That generation was not saved, but they're going to come up in this generation. And the people, the queen of the south, and shall condemn it, for she came from uh, the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. But behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Christ was there, and he was greater than Solomon, but they wouldn't listen to him. Now then, we turn on almost the same thing in Luke, the uh, 11th chapter of Luke, verses 31 and 32, where he said, The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation. A resurrection will rise up in this judgment and condemn them, for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. But he was saying to those people, you won't hear the wisdom that I'm giving you. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for they repented. Uh, there's another place that will be more tolerable for Solomon and Gomorrah in that generation, or in that resurrection, I mean, than the generation that Christ was speaking to. It's all speaking of this great white throne judgment. God is going to raise up all of those that he had not called. So you see, predestination has to do with when you're called, not whether you're called. Well, it's whether and when. But I mean, it has nothing to do with whether you're going to be saved or lost, because each of us make that decision for himself. All shall have been called finally. Now, the Bible goes on to show you in the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation. It shows one more resurrection, and that will be of those that had been called and still had rejected and gone the wrong way when they knew better. In other words, the incorrigible wicked, who cannot be... Well, in uh, Hebrews, there's one place. That if you have known the truth of God, you've been called. You've tasted of the Holy Spirit of God and the wonderful things of God. And then you fall away. It says it's impossible to renew you to repentance. It doesn't mean it's impossible for God to save you. It means that you won't do it. God would be willing if you would only repent. But I want to leave you with this. 
Satan will be overcome. The world could not be made at one with God as long as it was not called and was serving Satan. It will be at one, and that at one meant is the atonement, you know. It's spelled out like at one meant. And everything is going to work out beautifully. But even those that are incorrigible and who refuse, even though God has given them every chance, they will become ashes under the soles of our feet. They will be burned up. And that's the kindest thing that can happen. They will be punished. But everyone has to die. I, I, I have already died once. If I hadn't been brought back, I, I, I would have been in my grave for over a year by now. And I, the, the, you know, the funny thing is, brethren, I don't fear death anymore. I've already gone through it once. And I didn't know anything about it. They told me when I was brought back. And don't tell me that you go to heaven or hell, because I didn't go anywhere at all. <laughs> and I didn't know anything either. But God brought me back, and he brought me back to lead you. And I'm going to lead you on into the kingdom of God. For more information, please visit our website at www.coglittleflock.com.